Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Read the Bible, a podcast where we take a deep dive into biblical topics in a way that's easy to understand. If you would like to follow along, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and subscribe to the Bible in a Year reading plan. We also have physical copies. No, we don't. We have no, digital. we don't. You are such a oh liar. Oh, gosh. Digital copies, digital copies on our website. Grew up down church. So love for you to download that. Read along with us. If you download the reading plan and you're just now getting to it, I would just say pick up where we started. Uh, don't worry about starting from the very beginning, but pick it up where we start. Uh, and as you're reading along with us, or maybe you're hearing us con- have conversations back and forth, and questions come up or thoughts hit the hit, hit your brain, and you just want us to to speak into some of those thoughts, we would love for you to share those questions and those comments with us. Uh, and you can do that in one of two ways. The first way is you can jump on the fa- the Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook page as the Grove Church. We are the Grove Church in Washington State. You can direct message us there on Facebook, or you can shoot us a quick email uh, to info at grove.church. Make sure to put in the subject line. It's a Let's Read the Bible podcast question or a question for Evan and Aaron. Uh, and we get those questions every week, and we love to take time to answer as much as we can uh, on a week-to-week basis. Today is a special episode, so we're not going to take any questions at the end, but we'll have some questions being answered in weeks to come. So, Listeners, dear listeners, beloved listeners, I want to shoot straight with you. We are, <laughs> we're, we're an honest bunch here at Let's Read the Bible. And this week we have, uh, if you don't attend the Grove Church, we have an event called the Carnival that we put on on Halloween, it's a huge deal. I mean harvest, fall harvest, um, <laughs> Reformation <laughs> Sunday. Uh, but we put it on for the community every year, huge event. Um, but it is essentially taken away all of our time, so yeah. we, we really didn't have time to do like the the, the large prep well, that we normally. Well, do. also to the other side of it too is is uh, I'm no I'm not bashful about this. Evan does a lot of the the outlining, a lot of the work, and you can sense that in, in how we talk about podcast stuff. Um, so he he his bandwidth was maxed this week, not just with Carnival, but he's actually also speaking this Sunday. Uh, which, which if is, you're listening is today. Yes, which is today actually. Boom. So you would have, if you were in person, you would have just heard him speak. It's true. Um, so there's just a lot, of, a lot on the plate to get stuff done and accomplished before, um, before. So we we decided to kind of uh, take another stab at the uh, kind of what we're thinking episodes and uh, and the the reason why too is because like we there's a good reaction, there's a good amount of downloads per for these ones, and so we just I'm glad that you enjoy them because I think we actually enjoy them too being able just to kind of process and chat about things that are on our hearts or on our minds. Well, it um, is, it's also just a fun way to talk as well, because so normally I mean, just let you really into the back curtain of how we record. Let me pull the veil open. Normally we have, you know, iPads up that are kind of in between us. We have all of our notes and we're reading off of the notes a little bit. And then we're talking with the, what we've been thinking about episodes. It really is just kind of, Hey, let's talk for yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. And then, so sometimes it seems, longer. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you guys like them. We enjoy doing them. Um, but it's a way to, Essentially, instead of skipping weeks, which we did last year, we skipped a lot of weeks when things came up. So th- this year, we, the plan really was instead of skipping a bunch of weeks, we really just want to still put out content, even yeah. if it's not the normal stuff that we do. Yeah. But that's enough. That's enough shooting the breeze, dear listeners. Let's let's get into it. Let's talk about what, what we're, we're thinking, thinking about. <laughs> All right. It's like we planned that, bro. Aaron, kick it off. All right. So... Um, I, some of you know this, uh, but I, I have a tendency when I'm reading, uh, in my own devotional life to, to pick up a commentary that I quote and use very often, whether I speak or whatever. And so, um, that, that commentary set is called preaching the word. Uh, the editor, the chief editor is Kent Hughes. Um, I've only so, read the Job commentary, but it's a good yeah, one. Yeah. He loved so. it. So, uh, I, I think I probably have about 20 of these that I've downloaded over the last couple of years, uh, and kind of worked through the majority of them. Uh, and so this time uh, I decided to download the Sermon on the Mount one. They have a kind of a special focused commentary on just the Sermon on the Mount specifically. 
Um, and so I've read through the book of Matthew, which is where the Sermon on the Mount uh, really is shown um, in all of its glory. Uh, and so this is the commentary that I'm reading through actually right now, uh, probably the last two weeks is when I picked it up. And so it's literally uh, the, the fifth chapter that I, I'm going to take a moment, just kind of highlight for us real quick. It, it's working through the Beatitudes, which if you don't know what the Beatitudes are, um, they're the first you know nine verses in, in the book of Matthew chapter five. And it said, blessed are this for they will blank. Um, and so this one is one that has kind of just rocked me and wrecked me a little bit. Um and challenge me in the right sense, but it's uh, Matthew chapter five, verse seven. Uh, and it says this, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Um, and it's, it's interesting because I've read these verses plenty of times. I read them through the book of Matthew commentary that's in the same series. Um, and they, you know, the, the editor and the author didn't go into as much of a deep dive as, as this current author is doing. Um, and so it's interesting because I think it's important to, to process this because it hits on the idea of unforgiveness. It hits on the idea of um, as Christians, we are to walk in mercy towards one another. But uh, if I'm being honest with you, I've always compared mercy to compassion. Um, easy examples, I'm driving off one of the exits here locally and I'm turning um, and, and there's an individual at times that will have a cardboard sign and and it just says in an image and as, as a universal statement as I can make, but the idea of uh, homeless, hungry, anything helps. Right. Um, and, and then we also have signs in Marysville from, from the city that has posted that not to support panhandling. So don't give, you know, don't give money out to people who are on the side of the street. Um, and it's not because they're heartless, but because the city has done, I would suggest has done a good, a good job helping mobilize and, and set people up for success to, to get out of poverty, to get out of homelessness if they're willing um, some people don't want to, some people want to stay in that. And so all of that to say, it's not a heartless sign. It's, it actually freed me from feeling the, the guilt and the shame of not helping or not giving money. Uh, but it doesn't mean you can't, you shouldn't get, I don't give water or food or things like that, that I have a readily available in my van at the time or my car at the time. All of that to say, um, mercy is this beautiful picture that I think sometimes is confusing and we compare to compassion, but I, I want to read a couple of quotes from this because I think it's a really challenging definition and, and, and revealing definition for us. And so um, this is part of the, 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 the commentary. It says this, the basic idea of the Greek word translated merciful is to quote unquote, give help to the wretched, to relieve the miserable. Here, the essential thought is that mercy gives attention to those in misery. From this, we make an important distinction between mercy and grace, which I think this is so good. It says grace is shown to be to the undeserving. Mercy is compassion to the miserable. Thus, the synonym for mercy is compassion. Mercy, however, is not a feeling of compassion. Mercy exists when something is done to alleviate distress. He continues on later and says this, and then um, and then I'll, I'll offer a couple of comments. I know, Evan, you've got some things you'll say too, but uh, it says, we must never imagine that we are merciful because we quote unquote, feel compassionate towards someone in distress. Mercy means active goodwill. And he says this, it says, true mercy demands action. Um, and last quote, I, I lied. I had one more. It said, the merciful person remembers his own sin and God's mercy to him. He understands the weakness of others and he forgives. Um, and so this beautiful tension of what mercy really equates to is, is, is action. It, require, it re equates to recognizing God's mercy, which is actively compassionate. And what I mean by that is it, it doesn't just have a sense of, oh, I see what you're going through, but it has a sense of, I see and I'm alleviating your misery. I'm present in your misery and, and I'm doing something to help 
alleviate that. That's what mercy is. That's the biblical mm-hmm. picture of mercy. So when this passage is saying, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The interesting thing is he, they, he says this about every uh, every beatitude so far. It says the they that he's talking to is actually only, it's very specific, only those who are doing this will be will receive in this sense mercy. If you don't actively show compassion, if you're not actively engaged in helping alleviate and relieve misery in some way, shape, or form, you're not actually acting in mercy. You have compassion. Great. But mercy from a biblical perspective requires action. So it's for me, it's just a really thought-provoking and challenging because then as it relates to sinfulness, my identity is a broken individual. Um, It's this idea of it leads me to forgiveness of others. It leads me to understand God's forgiveness of me, which then therefore should lead me to do the same for others. Um, and it is this challenging, deep, beautiful tension that I find. And I mean, I could quote all day long from this simple chapter because I highlighted it like crazy. Um, but at the end of the day, it is this picture of mercy. I mean, I the verse comes to mind, mercy triumphs over judgment. It is this reality that we as Christians are to emulate. And the promise of being shown mercy, it's that I want to say this carefully. It's not a karma thing, but it's you reap what you sow, which is a biblical mm-hmm. principle. And what we give, God is then empowered, not empowered, but free to then give back because we're staying in obedience to what he calls us to. So um, it is this it is this tension. It is this something that when I think of mercy at times, it often has been in the, the picture of compassion. Show your compassion towards me. Um, but it requires active engagement. Um, and so that thought has just kind of wrecked me a bit over the last couple of weeks or the last few days since I've read it. Um, but it is something I think as Christians, we've got to do a better job, not just showing compassion or not, sorry, not just having compassion and expressing compassion, but actively showing compassion, the relief of misery, doing something to help relieve misery is the biblical picture of mercy. Well, it's, it's funny because we don't plan these out, but no, not at all. Yours does match up really well with what I'm thinking about. Uh, but for me, a couple months ago, I was invited to speak at youth and they were doing a, um, a series on parables. So Jesus' parables, I think it did like eight weeks and just kind of took um, over, over the summer, they took a, a bunch of the parables of Jesus and kind of explained them. And so I did two weeks in a row um, <clears throat> to kind of, because uh, our youth pastor is going on vacation and stuff like that. So being able to cover there. But what struck me is how often we don't connect some of the parables that Jesus that Jesus tells. Now, some of them we do, right? Because we know the the lost sheep comes after the lost coin, which, or sorry, the lost coin comes first, and then it's the lost sheep, and then it's the lost um, or the prodigal son, or reverse those. I can't remember if coin sheep comes first, but that's not important. Uh, but those three are together. Is is the thing I'm trying yeah. to say? We when most of us, I shouldn't say most of us, coins but a lot of first. us, yeah, oh, the coins first. Thank you. A lot of us um, will read through them. We, we're aware of that. A few that the one that I spoke on though that it's interesting that they're connected is in Matthew, the parable of the lost sheep is immediately followed by the parable of the unforgiving servant, and I think that we don't connect those two in our minds very often. And if you heard um, my message today, you'll know a little bit of this as well. Or if you're on your way to church, sneak peek. Ooh, so ooh, you fancy. Can, when I say this in the message, you'll be like, I heard oh, this like an hour ago. Um, but anyway, it's this idea that those two are connected because we show grace and we show mercy in light of the grace and mercy that we have already been shown. So Jesus goes out of his way to say, here's the story of the lost sheep. 
the lost sheep runs away. The shepherd goes and he grabs the sheep and he brings them back and there's great rejoicing. That is the story of the lost sheep. And mm-hmm. then he immediately goes into, imagine for me with the second that there was a man who had been forgiven a debt that he could never repay and that he was going to go to prison. His family was going to be sold into slavery in order to repay this debt and he would never be free again. And the master would have been morally fine to do this and would have been right inside of the law. This is not a wicked, it would not have been a wicked king who punished his servant this way. But instead he's shown mercy. And then he goes and he refuses to show mercy to someone who owes him money as well. And what the point that Jesus is making there is that we are the lost sheep. We are that servant. And how wicked is it for us to not show that same grace and mercy? And so the reason I say it's kind of it's, it's going off of my message a little bit is we're talking about prodigals this week. And so I'm doing um, the prodigal son, but I think one of the, I think one of the, uh, the mistakes that we can make when we talk about the prodigal sons, we have this imaginary dividing line between the two groups. So we have this group of like some Christians are prodigals, you know, they were gone for a long time mm-hmm. and then they came back. And some Christians are like the older son where they never left and they were loyal um, to the father and they resent prodigals coming back. Um, but that's not any of our stories. And I think the mistake that we make is not not being happy for the prodigals. It's reading that story and not realizing that we're all the prodigal son to hmm. some extent. And I think to to um what what hap- I think what happens is the longer that we're Christians, the less we remember that that's our story. Yeah. And even like even like for me as far as my my walk with Christ, there was never like this big dramatic moment of, you know, I was like, I don't know, whatever your, whatever your image is of just like living in worldly sin or whatever it is. Like, like I've, I've been in church all of my life. So there was never this moment where I left the church, but there absolutely were moments, were moments where uh, my heart wandered. Yeah. There was moments where God pulled me back in. There was moments where I failed. There was moments where I was prodigal. And then when I came back to the Lord, when I repented to God, he welcomed me back with open arms. But I think for so many of us, especially if it's been a long time yeah. since that happened, which in one sense, praise God, that, yeah, it's, right. that it's been a long time. Um, but in another sense, we we lose that memory. Yeah. We lose the idea that I was the one eating pig slop. I was the one who demanded my father's inheritance and I, and I left mm-hmm. and I lost everything and God still welcomed me back. And and so for me, I think so much of what Jesus is talking about in Scripture in the New Testament, as he's as he's speaking, is here is this grace, here is this mercy. You've done nothing to earn it. This is what it's based off of. What I am going to do. Yeah. Now show that to others, and I think that's where we because I it it always bums me out, and I think it's 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 just kind of a cultural thing. It's very acceptable. Um, I don't know if it's American culture, if it's like modern Western culture, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. But this idea of like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say, you know, once, you know, one, I'm the type of person where once someone crosses a line, they're dead to me. But they say it like, they say yeah. it as if like, that's not like, they say it as if that's not sin. <laughs> and they say, oh, that's just, that's just how it should go. That's just how I am. No, you that's know? not biblical. And, and here's the, I don't want to rag on people because we all struggle with sin. Like there's, there's things that we are all like, yeah, absolutely. That we're all battling through. So I don't, I don't want to make light of that. Um, but the idea of 
The idea of openly saying I'm living my life in unforgiveness is the same as saying I'm openly living my life and committing adultery. Like that, yeah. that's, that is what is happening there. Like you're, it's not struggling with sin. It's saying this I think, is. Sin. I think you just ruffled some feathers right now. That's very possible. Um, but it's not saying I'm struggling with this sin. It's saying I'm okay with this sin in my life. Which and those are two very different yes. things. And the when we do that, when we and, I, and I, when we take people who have wronged us, when we take people who have sinned against us and we outright refuse to forgive and we outright, like you said, we outright refuse to give them mercy to, we're, we're not being the merciful when yeah. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful. It's, I'm trying to, I'm not, I don't want to be like super graphic. So it's, it's, it's rejecting almost the grace that mm. God has given us. It's it's almost like I, I want to say like spitting in the face of the grace, which I think is maybe a little strong, but it's it's that unforgiving servant who yeah. he had been given this incredible gift. Yeah. And we've been given an incredible gift. Our salvation is is something that and, and this isn't like me on a pedestal saying never forget, because I forget all the time. Yeah. Like you have to constantly remind I have to constantly remind myself. Um how incredible it is that the creator God of the universe loves me and saved me. Yeah. And if we, if we live in that, and if we constantly are reminding ourselves in that, how can we help but show yeah, mercy true. and grace to others? So that, I guess for me, that's just kind of what I'm thinking about yeah. is when you actually take, because it all came from realizing those, that those parables came one right after the other. And mm -hmm. then there's a reason Jesus did that. Um, and so I think so often what we can do is we can take those messages, bring them together and see what Jesus is doing. Because it always starts off with Jesus is doing blank and then the Pharisees are thinking whatever. Like <laughs> yeah, for this one, it's, it's Jesus is reclining with um, or he's eating with sinners and tax collectors and the Pharisees are judging him. And, and because he knows what they think, he starts telling parables, right? So yeah. always, when you see parables, always go back to the narrative spot to see, well, why is Jesus telling this? Yeah. But then also always check if there's a bunch of parables in a row, they're probably talking about similar things or see how they can connect. It's not like just Jesus is like, he's telling this one parable that applies and then he's like, and let me tell you some other random stories. Yeah. Like, no, they probably are a connecting thought. Yeah. And he may not have said them at the same time chronologically, right? but they're, they're lumped together intentionally by the author and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so there's a reason for that, for right. sure. There's a reason the author puts yeah. them right next yep. to each other. So, Dude, and I, I just think it's, it's, it's important too, to remember. So we're doing a... Um, Here's a little bonus credit or content. Ooh. Uh, we're doing a, a, in my life group, one of the things we were doing is a, a like a, a simple study through Psalm 21 um, by Matt Chandler, um, who I just, I just love the way he teaches. Love me some Matt Chandler. Uh, and, but one of the things that he talks about, he's breaking, it's six sessions and it's breaking the verse down one verse at a time. Um, and so one of the, the, one of the content, one of the verses this last week even was the idea of he leads me through path, to paths of righteousness, through paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Um, and one of the points that Matt Chandler makes is, um, it's, it's very much in alignment with this whole tension, this whole thought that comes from mercy. It comes from the parable of, of the prodigal son. Um, and, but it is this idea, you know, Matt Chandler takes the last couple minutes of the, of the session and just hits this cause they're like six or seven minutes long. They're not long conversations. So like, like sound bites, but he takes the things like his, for his namesake. The reason Jesus does these things, the reason why Jesus teaches is for his namesake. My life is not meant to be about my own. And I think we have a really, uh, a really strong issue if all we do when we read scripture is we always think about ourselves. 
Like we're the center of the Bible. Yeah. yeah. And that's not the, that's not the case. I mean, and I, I've, I've, I've heard it and I've, I've said it, I've even said it, the idea like the prodigal son, that passage is, is yes, it's about uh, someone who wanders. And I think we're all prodigals. And I think there's, there's some of us that have maybe been in church a long time, but we also find our, you know, a connection to the older son who complains, gripes and, and moans. Like, oh, I've been with you for so long and you haven't given me so much as this. And the father's like, all you do is ask. All you do is ask. Like, we're rejoicing that your son is, your brother is back mm-hmm. and you're grumpy because I didn't give you a party with your friends. All you do is ask. You have, not, and it's again, reinforce the biblical principle. Like, you son, have if not, you want a party, not. we can party. Yeah. Just ask. Like, <laughs> um, but it is like the picture of that passage is, is God's response to prodigals. It's God's response to the older brother. And it is this picture, like finding our reality that we all drift and wander. I have, I've said this before. I'm pretty sure I have a sign in my, my living room. That is the quote from the hymn, bind my wandering heart to thee. Like, and I oh, even recently said that, hymn. but it is this tension of like this picture of mercy, like God, you are the source of everything. Like you are the model, you are the example. And when I understand how good you are, how faithful you are, how, how, how providing you are, then it should evoke a natural willingness to follow in suit and to look for opportunities to, to I mean, Jesse said this in a message, our youth pastor, you know, to show your love, shine your light. Like it, it's that simple that simple statement that evokes a lot of challenge. And so I think it is mercy is, is something that we we've got to walk in. We've got to understand who we are, but at the same time, God is the, God is the source and the picture of what we're trying to understand from when we stop and think about God as the father in that story and his response to the prodigal, we should change the way we engage with prodigals. When they come back, Mm -hmm. we should be motivated and reminded often. I was that. I wandered, I did my own thing, and I came groveling back and you accepted me with arms wide open. Dude, that's a that's a life change thing. That's a that's a transformative, powerful thing for me. And my hope is for anyone listening, but even, you know, those who aren't listening, like it, as Christians, I hope that we are never forgetting. And when we realize we forget that we're quick to repent of that, right? Right. But it is, it is such a powerful and 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 true piece of who we're called to be as Christians, but it hinges on our awareness of how good God really is. Mm-hmm. That can then lead to and evoke a, uh, a response. So, one of my favorite quotes, and it's funny because I, I always I attributed it to Brendan Manning for a long time because I just read it in his book, but I didn't realize he's not the one who came up with it because um, no one knows who came up with it. It's attributed most often to Martin Luther, mm-hmm. um, but it's this idea that Christians are beggars showing other beggars where we found bread. Yep. And I think that's one of the one of the most beautiful and true ways of putting it that we're not we're not better. We're not, you know, the yes. the rich people giving out bread to beggars. No, we're we're them. Yep. The only difference is we know Jesus. Yep. Um and I think also so, side note that hymn is um come thou found. Yes, come so, thou found, yes. Yep. I was I had to think of it for like oh sorry. A I, seconds. I, I I just realized as I was talking about it, I'm like, oh, I said this recently in a podcast. So Oh, there so you if you're a faithful listener, then you would have already heard that twice now. So good that's a good, it's oh, a good gr- thing. Lo- love it. Anyway. So. Um, but yeah, so to, to get back to it though, it's this, this idea that as, as Christians, I mean, as people, we all struggle with pride. Yeah. What? Um, no, I don't. Very, Just kidding. Very universal. I have to constantly be on myself about like, okay, well, why am I getting upset about this? Oh, it's because you're, it's because you're being prideful. Stop it. You. So I say, I say you to myself. Um, but it's, it's this whole idea of. As Christians, it's just so silly for us to take pride in the work that Jesus accomplished 
And Paul says something to that effect, and the, ver- the verse is escaping me. Um, but the idea is simply, we did not earn our salvation. We did not do anything to deserve it. We are the prodigal son. We squandered what God gave us, and when we came back, God welcomed us with open arms. Yeah. And if that's the way that we view our lives, then how much more should we love those prodigals who are still far away and be wanting to bring them back as well? Yeah. So that's just kind of what I was thinking about. Yeah. Anyway, so good. That's that's it. As a quick reminder, uh, leave us a review, a five star review before you before you head off. On okay, I'm just gonna say this. I've had a lot of people compliment the podcast to me verbally. Oh, in person. That I know in person. And you've yet to leave a review. Come on, you. So this is my this is my friendly ask. Just jump on and leave us a review. Again, it's not, I, I say this carefully. It's not to stroke my ego, but it really is. It, it changes the, the algorithms. It changes the ability to continue growing the community of individuals who are reading the Bible together, engaging with us. Um, I, I could care less about the fame it brings me. It doesn't bring me much. But um, I, I, it's just fun to be able to see, man, people are, are engaging with us and, and able to, to help that algorithm. I mean, it's, it sounds so like lame to say, Hey, we just want the algorithm, but it really does help. And it's fun to be able to have a community of people that we get to engage with on a regular basis. Yeah. And if you have questions, send them in. We got some faithful people always sending in questions, but I know there's more of you. So uh, do us a favor, do us a solid, engage with us, leave a review, send in a question. Nothing's off limits for me. So maybe Evan, but not me. So we'd love for you to do that. <laughs> there you go. Well, with that, that is that is wrap it up for this week's episode of Let's Read the Bible. As a reminder, we're a podcast of the Grove Church, but we're not the only resource of the Grove Church. You can go on our website and find our whole past archive of podcast messages. Yes. I, I think I or Apple Podcasts only saves the last 100. So if you Come want to go on, for, Apple. I know. If you want to go further back, you can go on there um, as well as see our past archive of all of our messages as well from Sunday. So check it out. With that being said, see you all next week. Have a great day. Bye.